Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And today we are here with Alexandra, the co-founder and chief medical officer of VetAbility. So welcome, Alexandra. Hey guys, thanks for having me here. We're so happy you're here after some intermittent tech issues, but we made it happen. Yay. Awesome. Well, we always love to start these calls um, just getting a quick introduction to our guests. So we'd love if you could give us um, a bit of an introduction to yourself. And I'm guessing you probably have pets, so we'd love to hear about them. Uh, Yeah. So my name is Dr. Alexandra Perry. I graduated veterinary school in 2015. So I have worked in general practice in veterinary clinics and in emergency clinics in the GTA and Barry area since then and have since now founded VetAbility. I grew up with dogs and cats. I don't currently have dogs in my house, but I do have an eight-year-old polydactyl cat named Simcoe. He has 23 oh. toes. Cute. Is that what polydactyl means? That yeah, it means it means question. extra toes. Yep. So he has <laughs> 23 toes instead of the standard 18. And it looks like he has little mittens. Where are the locate? What is the 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 disbursement of the toes? I'm very interested in this. So he has one extra toe on both front paws, one back paw, and one back paw has two extra toes. Oh my. So many toes. That is so so adorable. Yeah. (laughs) And what is his name? His name is Simcoe. Simcoe. That's so cute. Is that because you're from Barrie? Is that where the name comes from? I'm actually from the GTA originally, but my husband Um, and I met on Lake Simcoe. So that's where his name came from. That is adorable. That like my health, my (laughs) heart is pretty cute. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is adorable. Yes, that is absolutely adorable. And uh, now I'm really excited to hear all about that ability. So let's dive in. Um, Can you Start, please, by giving us an introduction to what VetAbility is and what VetAbility does. Absolutely. So VetAbility offers accredited veterinary telemedicine for dogs and cats currently in the province of Ontario, but we hope to expand into other areas and additional species in the future. Um, But veterinary medicine is actually pretty tightly regulated. So to some extent, even more so than the human world. Um, So in order to practice telemedicine, you need to still be doing so from an accredited clinic whether it's in person or virtually. And um, that's a clinic that has been accredited by the College of Veterinarians of Ontario. So this was really a huge factor for me when first coming up with the concept of VetAbility was to not only be able to offer easily accessible telemedicine platform, um, but one that has also gone through the same accreditation process as in-person clinics, um, basically to ensure that we're providing our clients the same level of 
of accountability that they would see in person and uphold the high standards established by my profession. Uh, Further to that, I'd say with the goal of being easily accessible, we essentially wanted our platform to be very mobile friendly so that clients can use it on the go, which is why we have mobile applications for iOS and Android devices. But we do also have a web app as well for people that either don't want to install a mobile application or if they prefer to use their computer for this kind of service, they can do that. So it just makes it really easily accessible for any type of clientele. Um, And both the app and the web app are free to download. Further to that, I guess I would add that vetability essentially acts in two fashions. So one is to service clients directly when they can't see their regular vet, but the other is actually to act as a third-party platform for established veterinary clinics to service their own clients. So in that fashion, we act as more of a tech platform for them to see their own clients as well. That's amazing. And I know we became connected because uh, you're one of our sponsors for Sniffscape, which we just wrapped up recently, which is so yes, exciting. Yes, it was so exciting to watch it. I, we were too far that we weren't able to get down, but I loved watching all the dog videos going through it and well, really just enjoying that enrichment experience. We'll definitely do it again for sure. Um, but I'm not familiar with any other telemedicine providers in Ontario or even in Canada. So I'm curious, is this, um, this idea of vet telemedicine, is this something that is kind of taking the world by storm or are you, is your company kind of really forging the path or one of the leaders in that work right now? It really is a new fashion in general because, I mean, telemedicine, as you can probably imagine, kind of saw a little bit of a surge since the pandemic. Uh, But Ontario was actually one of the first jurisdictions within North America uh, to even take a stance on telemedicine. And I believe that was back in 2016, so way before pandemic times. Uh, But previously, you used to only be able to practice virtually in a much more limited scope, so more kind of in the frame of general telehealth, uh, not to the extent of telemedicine, which actually then allows you to diagnose prescribed medications, uh, essentially establish what's called the veterinarian-patient-client relationship virtually. Um, So throughout the pandemic, the guidelines within Ontario, as well as many other provinces and states, were relaxed, uh, but they were more temporary measures. So just as of the beginning of 2022 is when the professional practice standards within Ontario officially changed to allow these more permanent measures that allowed us to establish this veterinarian patient client relationship or what we refer to as the VPCR virtually. And so in order to be able to prescribe medications, you have to have this VPCR uh, relationship and that can only be established through an accredited clinic. Um, And uh, in doing this, it now allows us as per the new uh, professional practice standards, just as of the beginning of 2022, we're now able to actually prescribe medication. So that's kind of where a big shift in veterinary telemedicine has been seen because it becomes a much more useful platform rather than just being able to consult with a veterinarian to 
basically determine, you know, do I need to go in or do I not? We're now able to better service people virtually. And uh, the college has really done a great job in recognizing the need and the benefit and how we can further support our in-person counterparts. Uh, Because since the pandemic, I mean, as you guys probably saw as well, I know you and I chatted about this before, Justine, um, but with the pandemic, there's so many new pet parents and the veterinary clinics just haven't been able to keep up in person, even to service their own existing clients. And as a result, our profession has really been seeing um, a huge burnout as well, which is quite sad. So in uh, having these new guidelines to allow us to practice telemedicine uh, when done appropriately and through accredited facilities, um, we're starting to see a little bit more of that shift but it's all about doing so kind of in the appropriate way, following uh, kind of the same guidelines and accreditation processes as an in-person clinic so that you guys as the clients have that same accountability, right? For sure. This is really, really interesting. And now um, it's tweaked my interest to look into telemedicine for my own pets. So with that being (laughs) said, what could I expect when I access vetability like how can i prepare for a telemedicine appointment yeah so i'd say probably the best way to prepare is to sign up ahead of time right like you never know when you're going to need it so if you already have a profile your pet already has a profile you can have all of their history their current diet whatever medications they're on the name of their regular vet and their contact info all linked in their profile so that when you need an appointment it's the matter of a click of a button and then filling out what's currently going on not the whole history of your pet right so if you've ever had a telemedicine appointment for yourself, it's honestly pretty similar. Uh, You basically would use the app or web browser if you prefer to request an appointment. The veterinarian would essentially accept your appointment request and then you would confirm that, um, saying that you're still available and want to go ahead with the appointment. And you're essentially taken to a virtual exam room where you would video chat with a veterinarian licensed in Ontario. So not only are they seeing you, but you can then show them your pet, either your pet walking or the lump on your pet, whatever the issue is. So when you're requesting the appointment, you're essentially asked to answer questions about your pet's presenting complaint, uh, any current medications, if that's different from what might be in their pet profile. And then uh, you can even upload photos or videos. And I'd say that's probably one of the best ways to prepare is to simply fill out your appointment request form with as much detail as possible so that the veterinarian can review all of that information ahead of time and really have a better understanding of what's going on even before going into the appointment. And um, I often joke with my clients when I'm working in clinic, when a dog comes in that's been limping, that all veterinary clinics have healing doors because probably at least 50% of the time they come into the clinic and they're not limping. And, you know, the owners are trying to convince me that they're doing it at home and that they're not making it up. And I swear, like, I believe you, but a lot of the time they just won't do it when they come into the clinic, right? So if you have that photo or that video, then we can see what you're noticing at home and then really do a better job to assess the pet in case they're not doing it in clinic, right? Uh, And I guess the last thing I would probably say too, and this might be more relevant for appointments with a 
cat, but is to make sure you have your pet nearby. So if you keep them in one room kind of leading up to your appointment or when you know you want to request an appointment, then you know that you'll be able to find them during or at the time of the appointment. Because I can almost guarantee that when you go to look for your cat, you probably won't be able to find them. So that can be helpful too, because if the veterinarian can actually see your pet, uh, they're just going to be that much more useful to you, right? Uh, Yeah, for sure. Uh, That's hilarious actually about the cat part i never would have thought about that but yeah if your cat's in at home you gotta wrangle them up before the appointment that's great um all right thank you so much for sharing all of that so far alexandra we are going to have um a quick break and then come back to learn more all about veterinary telemedicine with vetability in more depth sounds great 